Hello and welcome back to another episode of Minute Bowl. I'm Cuppy Cup and today I'm joined by Chuck. How are you, Chuck? I'm good. How are you? Good. Are you happy that I didn't say Chuck GBH? It was painful for me to not say it. I I could feel that pregnant pause there. (laughs) It's just a a really bad habit that I have. So we're we're just going to breeze through a couple of different things today. We're going to continue from the last episode. Without me, y'all did a take it or leave it segment where you solicited hot takes from Twitter. Y'all decided if you were going to take it or leave it with that hot take. So we'll do some of those. And then uh, with the news that a lot of the college football writers from Every Day Should Be Saturday and SB Nation are spinning off into a, a new Vox site called Banner Society, we just wanted to kind of throw it back and talk about the GBH origins for a few minutes because we actually had some disagreements about how, <laughs> about what that origin looked like. Spiritually. Yeah. So we'll, we'll fight about that after we do take it or leave it. Uh, do you want to begin by... Uh, throwing some takes out there and then we can we can see how we feel about them yeah and i feel a little bit uh bad that i've sort of taken this uh bit from cool hand lucas this was his idea and now i'm sort of emceeing it twice in a row but that's all right i did the same thing with jimmy and the depth chart so don't (laughs) feel any shame about that okay cool the first one that we've got today is from adam he's at centex ag oh i know that handle yeah and he's a good dude. And he his take is Kellen Mond will be the best quarterback in the SEC West. Take it or leave it, Cup. I am leaving that. I kind of feel like this is a trap in trying to get me to pronounce Alabama's quarterback's name. <laughs> Tua. <laughs> yeah, just, just, so just say Tua. Everybody knows who you're talking about. Is it Tagovailoa? Is that even close? Uh, you know, see, now you're putting me on blast. for for not knowing that's right well this is what the uh we're live streaming this as well so if you're in periscope and you know how to pronounce this let us know if we're close with (laughs) tagovailoa put it in there phonetically yeah exactly don't forget the schwas the uh so i'm gonna say no i'm leaving this absolutely i think that tua might be one of the top two or three players in all of college football i think kellen mond is going to take a step forward and I think by the end of the season, everyone was really happy with what Mond was doing. But throughout the season, there was some inconsistency and Aggies get frustrated when when things aren't going perfectly. So I think Mond will probably be two or three. I know people are going to get mad at me for saying Joe Burrow might be a little bit better LSU's quarterback than Kellen Mond this year. But I do think Mond will be top two or three in the West. One of the reasons for that is I don't know any other quarterbacks. So those are the three that I know in the <laughs> SEC West. <laughs> I think there are a lot of newcomers. That's fair. I'm actually, uh, I'm going to leave that one as well. I'm going to go ahead and make the bold take myself that I do think he's going to be the second best quarterback. I mean, you're, you're looking at a Heisman finalist in Tua uh, last year. I think that Kellen Mond is, I think he was turning heads last year when he was hot, which was not always, but when he was hot, he was hot. You know, that, that freshman season, you could see the whites in his eyes. He was, he was in over his head, but then last year he was starting to look really good sometimes. And I think he's going to look real comfortable out there this year. What is it? Arkansas, Chad Morris has pulled in a, I think somebody from the transfer protocol, a guy that he recruited from SMU, Chad Morris will get as much out of him as he, as he can. 
I think that Ole Miss is looking at sort of a quarterback battle. They've got a freshman out there as probably starting. Mississippi State, they lost Nikki Fitz, so... Who's coming in for Nikki Fitz? I think you must be asking the listeners because I no, have no idea who this it's is going to be. It's Thompson, I think, is the guy that is taking over. He was Nikki Fitz's backup last year. He's going to be good. Uh, he's probably going to remind people of, of Fitzgerald a little bit when he plays A and M. Yeah, yeah. When we when we set up his highlight reel, <laughs> I think that the back end of the SEC West quarterbacks is actually pretty weak. It really is. It's a three-horse race. It's Tua, it's Kellen Mond, and it is Burrow. I think that Kellen Mond's going to be better than Burrow this year. And one of those horses is a heavy favorite. <laughs> so yeah, you know, Tua's kind of, yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah. a different plane. But that that's not really taking anything away from Mond. And maybe he'll surprise us, or uh, maybe there will be a grizzly injury or something, which we wouldn't wish upon anybody. <laughs> that's That's dark, man. <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was just doing a hypothetical. Uh, okay, our next take comes from Ian Shipul. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He's at Ian underscore Ships, uh, and he says his take is that Kendrick Rogers is going to lead the SEC in touchdowns. I am leaving this as well. Uh, I don't like these because I feel like it's forcing me to be complimentary of of other teams. Uh, so oh, maybe I thought you were going to say it's forcing you to be complimentary of the Aggies. Oh yeah. that That's uncomfortable for me as well. <laughs> I don't even think he's going to lead the Aggies in touchdowns in the Ooh. receiving core. I think Courtney Davis is going to have more touchdowns. Uh, so he had seven last year, uh, which, which led the team. So I think, I think Courtney Davis is going to lead the Aggies. And then the, the depressing part of my answer is that uh, kind of related to Tua being such a good quarterback, I think Bama has at least two and maybe three wide receivers who are going to have more touchdowns than uh, Kendrick Rogers. Uh, Jerry Judy, obviously, maybe the best receiver in the country, certainly one of them. Uh, Jalen Waddell. Uh, and then Ruggs the third had 11 touchdowns last year. I mean, that's ridiculous. They had a uh, receiver with 14, one with 11, and one with seven uh, on Bama. And obviously Bama just scores a ton of touchdowns, so that makes sense. Uh, no, I'm leaving this absolutely. I think, and there's a mess of players for LSU and other teams that I don't, I'm not even familiar with. Who no, are no, prob- don't, don't even bring that noise in here. I, <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I, I am going to leave this take as well. I will say that, unlike you, I actually think he might lead A&M in touchdowns. Okay. The big LSU overtime game was kind of the Kendrick Rogers coming out party. And I mean just the overtime because yeah. he was he was a ghost for the rest of that game. But when that game went on the line, I mean, I've never seen a receiver step up quite in that fashion. The guy was just, he, every pass, he he couldn't not catch things. When it was clutch, and I, I think he's a, I think he's a touchdown hawk. So I think that he, I think there's a good chance he might lead A and M in touchdowns. But I also, you know, if nothing else, we're talking about a lot of wide receivers and running backs in the SEC. If we just play the straight up odds, I'm going to leave that one. You know, if I'm if I'm in Vegas, I'm not just taking that on a one to one bet. 
Oh, I didn't even think about running backs. Was that was it anybody in the SEC? Well, he didn't say. He uh, okay. I, guess, I was just thinking about receivers. We ran into this last time where uh, uh, it wasn't clear. Well, we've all we tend to interpret these takes a little bit differently. I think so. Well, uh, I think Rogers uh, will lead in uh, two point conversions. How's that? Interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he will lead in overtime touchdowns and two point conversions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Leaving both of those takes so far. Yeah. So we are we're we're cold on the takes so far. Um, our last take uh, comes from Dan Barham. He is at Mister Dan Barham. Uh, his take, not A and M related, well, specifically. Uh, he says Will Muschamp will be fired before the season's end, and the Gamecocks will have zero conference wins. Take it or leave it, Cup. <laughs> That's a delicious scenario, <laughs> but I I'm leaving that for a couple of reasons. One is that I think that no matter what's going on, if you're firing Muschamp in the middle of the season he might murder everyone involved <laughs> and then come back to haunt their families for generations. So no one's going to do that. I think they would wait until the end of the season, even if it was a complete disaster. I don't, is he even on the hot seat? I don't, I don't feel like he is. Uh, uh, I don't know that you would list him on the hot seat right now. And they also get Vandy at home. I just, I don't see them losing that game. Yeah, I'm. I think we're gonna go a full rack of leaving takes. Wow, um, I'm gonna leave this one as well. Although I really enjoy it, mm-hmm. uh, I for some reason I like thinking of miserable scenarios that don't involve a And M at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's just fun for me. Uh, it's like Wes's worst case bit in the tailgate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One, I think that they are gonna squeak out a conference win. Like you said, they have Vandy at home. I, I don't think that the Gamecocks are particularly good, but... They're okay. They get Kentucky at home, too. But so. they are they are okay, and that is full stop. The S&P Plus, I know you don't put a lot of stock in that, but they had them like 18th or something crazy like that. Much higher than I expected. I, don't, I think you're overstating the amount that I have an opinion about the S&P Plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it's something that exists. I am, I am aware of it, and I've read it and thought, huh... And then I've moved on with my day. That's one way to watch football. <laughs> that's that, that's certainly how I approach approach advanced stats. But I, I could see them losing a bunch of these games. They could lose at no, Mizzou, I at think Georgia. That they're going to have a shit season. Uh, yeah. The other thing is I could see them in a bad enough season. I think that they could fire him at the end of the, the season. I don't think they're going to do a midseason fire. No, it would have to be a disaster. Hopefully it comes after they play at AM and AM wins like 80 to zero. <laughs> That's in that relatively early in their season. Oh, maybe it I is. Forget. I don't know. <laughs> I thought they got a, I thought we played them late, but maybe not. That shows what we know. So yeah, we, is, I guess we could have pulled up a schedule. <laughs> no, 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 no. That implies that we prepare. No, November 16th. So that's plausible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nah plausible but we're still both leaving it that is the game so we could win that 80 to 0 because we know that we have to go play at lsu and at georgia after that uh or in the reverse order though uh so you know we're going to be out for blood trying to set the stage for a a big difficult road finish or or it's a trap game (laughs) one of those two (laughs) it's yeah uh okay so which one are you of those three are you going to say is the take of the week 
Ooh. Uh, I didn't, see, I didn't participate last time, so I'm not prepared for all the details of this we're, game. We're doing, well, we're doing three takes, and then we're picking our take of the week, the one that we... Yeah. Uh, you can use your own criteria, but... So, I thought they were... For me, they were all kind of no-brainer leave-its. Uh, so, I'm going to go with the must-champ firing, because I think that was the most creative, and it, it gave me the most pleasure. I also think that the must-champ take is my take of the week. I I enjoy people setting up scenarios like that. You know, I like talking, I like talking A&M football, but I also like talking just college football in general. There's a lot. It's, it's a vast landscape. And I think that people who limit it to just their team's world miss out on a lot of stuff. So I, I think it's fun to, to chat about those things. So congrats, Dan, you are the take of the week. And I feel seen with your comments there about just just following your own team and not knowing anything else about college football. (laughs) That is my MO for sure. And who is your team, Pitt? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right. So that was uh, this installment of Take It or Leave It. Uh, You want to take the floor? Some of you who follow college football on Twitter are obviously going to be aware of Every Day Should Be Saturday and all the writers who have contributed to that website. First of all, if you're not aware of Every Day Should Be Saturday, I while it is still out there and available to read, go consume as much of that website as you can. It's it's the best college football website that I think I've ever read. Not even I think. That is the best college football website I've ever read. And given where media is headed, it's probably going to be the best of all time, like go in perpetuity here. That's true. Yeah. But they they announced they were shutting down Every day should be Saturday. And then the next day they announced that they're launching a new site under the Vox umbrella, but separate from SB Nation. It's going to be called Banner Society. They didn't give out too many of the details. So once we get those, we'll probably cover that as a full topic. Once we have Rush and Lucas available, who were like on Every Day Should Be Saturday every day in its, <laughs> its early years. But we argued a little bit today, Chuck, about how Good Bull Hunting was formed uh, how it was birthed <laughs> uh, to make it more graphic. Me, me, the person who was not part of the original inception of this website, took took uh, issue with the way that you said that it happened. Yeah, so uh, so you suggested that maybe we talk about that to, to kind of round out the minute bull. I think a lot of our readers and or listeners are probably not even aware of how Good Bull Hunting came into existence. You know, yeah. not that it's necessarily just a fascinating story, but sometimes it's interesting to to see how those things shook out in the early days, as it were. I, I didn't prepare, so I don't think it will be interesting, but I'm going to try to recall <laughs> what I can. Uh, it was, I do know when it happened. So spring of 2011, we knew that we were heading to the SEC. I had spent the previous year making like hundreds of gifts. So this was when I was very prolific making college football gifts, mostly Texas A&M gifts. Started doing that on Texags, but then picked up some steam on Twitter and I was like just tweeting gifts constantly. And you know me, if people like them and retweet them, then I do like 10 times as many. Uh, that's, that's how I work. So uh, I think just because I had... So SB Nation had a Texas A&M site at that time. It, I, I had never read it. I had never heard of it. it I think it was IamThe12thMan.com. Did you look at it ever, Chuck? I literally had never seen. I still have never seen that website. 
and it was uh, it was run by someone who went by the name Beer Gut, who I don't know anything about him. I know the first few months that we ran our site, I heard a lot about him, but I, I still don't know who it is or um, or what he was like or what his articles looked like. But SB Nation decided they wanted to go in a different direction with the A&M content. And uh, just something, I mean, A&M was making this huge conference move, and I think that it was like a pretty low ranking site in terms of traffic and the things that, you know, the overlords care about. And so they thought A&M had more potential. It's actually analogous for the team. It's like <laughs> we're, we're going in a new direction and, and now we're going to win. So uh, they've been disappointed just like us. Sailor Ripley at Barking Carnival. Barking Carnival is one of the two Longhorn blogs on uh, SB Nation. Yeah, it's like the the irreverent Longhorn yeah, blog. They they are the uh, fun, amusing, entertaining foil to the absolute ass beating that is Burn Orange Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Although you can find some joy in the comments section over there every now and then. Uh, but he he was aware of like I guess the decent size of my following, and I made fun of Texas all the time in these animated gifts. So he had seen a lot of the stuff I was doing. And I think they were just looking for someone who could do some funny stuff because I think the old site was overly serious. So he reached out to me to ask if I wanted to start this site with Jimmy guards. So Jimmy, obviously still very active with us. He was a poster on Barking Carnival. That was the inception was someone who was managing Barking Carnival was charged with finding new people to run an A&M site. So he recruited me and Jimmy to do that task and then put it on us to find other people. So that was, that was the beginning. So how did you two get hooked up with Rush and Cool Hand Lucas as like, did y'all, were y'all aware of them beforehand? How did you find them? I was not aware of them like from every day should be Saturday. Cause I didn't even really know about that site. To be honest with you, I was, I was like in the tech sags world, you know, <laughs> Take it or leave it. <laughs> uh, still, still are, as I understand. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I don't remember the the precise specifics of how that happened, but I know that we needed more help in editing. I think that uh, Jimmy became very busy with work or something, and uh, we just needed another editor. And someone, this is what I don't remember. Someone recommended Rush because he was very active on every day should be Saturday and he was funny and he was an Aggie and didn't take things too seriously. Uh, so he came over and uh, really helped change the tone in some ways because uh, no nothing against the people that I originally recruited, but like they were all Texags people and you know, the mentality of, of people on Texags, there's, there's some defensiveness there. Um, there is, it's just different than like the current tone at Good Bull Hunting where it's, not being so serious and actually kind of antithetical in some ways to what Texags is all about. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> so, I, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I'm still here bringing the Texags voice and RCBO five and, and, <laughs> and Stringer Bell and, and people like that. But I, I think now the voice of Good Bull Hunting is probably more tinted by the everyday should be Saturday experience than, than any other site. And that's where we had our discussion about it today. Yes, because while the obviously the actual creation, the the finding of you guys to create Goodwill Hunting was spearheaded by Barking Carnival. I mean, they are they are our godparents on uh, SB Nation. 
I don't even know if a lot of people realize that basically good bull hunting exists because a bunch of longhorns went to go find some Aggies to create a website. The burnt orange media conspiracy, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just out here it. to undermine everything. What I was suggesting more, you know, if you look at sort of our current landscape and our current tone is that at least in the case of me and Cool Hand Lucas and Rush, Every day should be Saturday. I think I was introduced to it in like 2007. One of my friends just said, hey, you have to read this article. It's hilarious. I've been reading this website. And I started reading stuff on it and I was immediately hooked. I had, I guess, I mean, I was a poster on Texags because everybody was because it was sort of the, you know, the only flavor, but it was not my thing. And Rush was was face on Texag, so he was he very was, popular. Yeah, he was yeah. he was known. They also had a number of socks, from what I'm told, and there's stories behind all that that I won't go into. Yeah, Lucas might be the most prolific of all of us in terms <laughs> yeah. of his Texags posting history. <laughs> in terms of the number of accounts. Uh-huh. Um, when I started reading Every Day Should Be Saturday, the the way that they looked at college football, I mean, it was originally it was a Florida Gators blog but even from the very outset that did not mean that that was necessarily what he was writing about every day or even every week he was looking at all of college football and they were finding the the humor in all of the crazy things that happened from seeing where a recruit filled out a a questionnaire with some totally buck wild answers you know, but it's a Michigan recruit, but they write a whole article about that. And they were just finding the humor. And that was what drew me. And I know it's what drew Rush and Cool Hand Lucas. But at the time, there was no voice like that. If you were following college football, you were, if you were an Aggie, you were reading Tex Ags. It was all very serious. You cared about recruiting because it was very important. Uh, and it was just so serious all the time. And to read such an irreverent way of looking at it, I completely rekindled my appreciation to some extent for A&M football, but mostly for all of college football. I had sort of fallen away from following the landscape as a whole at the time. And that really got me back into, you know, looking at what was going on with Michigan. You start following things like when they came up with the Fulmer Cup, which was just such a crazy idea of a way to follow college football in the offseason. And it was amazing. And it was such a strange idea. And for those of y'all that don't know, the Fulmer Cup was a competition that they tracked all offseason where they came up with a point system for every off-the-field legal infraction that college football players got into, and they would put up a leaderboard and rank the teams based on how many, basically how many crimes they had committed during the offseason. But the write-ups were brilliant. They were hilarious. They had individual achievement awards. Uh, it was It was fantastic. So when what I was saying is that at least in its current iteration, the spirit of Good Bull Hunting, the soul of it, I think is very directly owed to Every Day Should Be Saturday. 
Yeah, that that's probably true. And once I was part of SB Nation, I started uh, paying attention to Every Day Should Be Saturday and obviously uh, became a big fan of all those guys, especially uh, what they're doing on Twitter. And I started following Holly and she had done work with Every Day Should Be Saturday. So um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Banner Society. And like I said, once we figure out what that looks like, then we can we can dig into that a little bit more. I was I was reading through some tweets about Banner Society yesterday and we we sort of have a running joke that Cool Hand Lucas was blocked by Holly Anderson and he has no idea why or when that happened. I don't even think he had ever like necessarily interacted with her. Uh but I was reading through all these tweets of people talking about it and apparently that's a recurring thing. There are a lot of people who said and I love Holly Anderson, even though she blocked me and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think that's, is great. I would love to know what that system is that how, <laughs> how you get called from her list. That's awesome. But uh, but we'll be paying attention. All right. So that was just kind of a little peek behind the curtain at how GBH was formed. And to let you know how in bed with TechSags I was uh, when SB Nation approached me, I actually went to them and asked if they wanted to start a, a new spinoff website called TechSags Uncovered that was like a, an irreverent blog. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why so. am I just now finding this? At <laughs> so we had a meeting. I want a whole another episode for you to yeah. tell me step by step what that conversation was like. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they, they just hired Stu away from us and kind of did that in a different way. Anyway, just kind of a, a little bit of history. And I think that's it for this episode of Minute Bull. I hope you enjoyed it and you will join us again next week for more episodes. Thank you. <laughs>